Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I get into Monday Night Raw last night. Randy Orton once again making his presence known. We get into the whole angle with Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens and how now we're more emotionally invested in Drew McIntyre. I mean, now you're seeing that side of Drew that is really going to carry on that road to WrestleMania 36 in Tampa. Plus, we celebrate... Ric Flair. Why? Because it's February 25th, the birthday of the greatest of all time, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Plus, we share two new words with the Busted Open Nation. We'll tell you what that is all on today's episode of the Busted Open Podcast. If you saw the beginning, you saw the end, Randy Orton And Kevin Owens in the ring after what we saw between the two. The start Monday Night Raw last night. And then some shady things going down in Canada. Referee. Referee had a Seth Rollins t-shirt. Fast count. A lot of shenanigans, bully. Unnecessary, in my opinion. I mean, um, I know that we are a little bit smarter than the average bear, when you saw that referee, did you start thinking anything weird? Because I had never seen that referee. I've before. never seen that referee before either. Yeah, so I, I, I thought there was some kind of hijinks about to happen. But as far as hijinks are concerned, I think they did a good job with it and it came off well. I, I was surprised, though, by the whole... First of all, I don't like I don't like the involvement. I mean, I understand, obviously, that Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens are in a feud and... They needed to to light some kind of fire under that. I don't think a lot of people are into the storyline. Um, and I didn't really like it integrated into Randy Orton's storyline. That, that makes me a little nervous about what we're going to see later. And with the WWE, a lot of times, Bully, you do get nervous. We have something that is hot and untouchable when it comes to Randy Orton. And then when you see it mixed into a storyline that's a little bit on the timid side, it makes me a little nervous. You? It gave them an opportunity to uh, get the one, two, three on Kevin Owens where Kevin has an out. It wasn't a clean finish, uh, and, and Kevin Owens has a gripe because it was a referee that was obviously a follower of Seth Rollins, so it works. People aren't going to look at Kevin Owens today and go, oh, man, you lost to Randy Orton in Canada. They're going to look at Kevin Owens today and be like, oh, you got screwed over by Randy Orton and one of his uh, you know, referee disciples. 
Yeah, and and I'm not even worried about Kevin Owens. It's more about Randy Orton's involvement that bothers me a little bit, though most likely that was just a one-off. You're not going to see those two storylines integrated at all, but I do get a little nervous. And honestly, with the fast count, it was unnecessary because it actually, you know, in that in that particular spot, I didn't think it made a lot of sense. But what do you? How do you feel about the um, the Seth Rollins Kevin Owens feud right now? And do you think people are into it? Um, I'm not particularly into it right now. I would need to see something else happen to get me more into it. Uh, I like I liked set the Seth Rollins stuff when it started. I started to lose interest when I felt like Seth Rollins was treating the AOP like lackeys. stars, yeah. lackeys. Um, and I also saw Buddy Murphy kind of treat them as lackeys one week too. I would rather see a unit. It doesn't have to be Seth Rollins and his backup lackeys. It could be, you know... The, you know the 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 disciples or you know they can all be a one i know seth rollins is the star but i'd rather see the aop and buddy murphy standing side by side with seth rollins and not one step behind seth rollins um i nothing with kevin and seth has really resonated with me right now as far as a story that i can you know, go, oh, wow, I can't believe he said that. They went there. Ooh, now I want to see this fight. When when the bell rings, are we going to get a good match between Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens? Of course. Of course, of course we are. We know that's going to happen. But I want some kind of a story behind it. And you know what, Bully? I'm glad you said that because there really isn't a story behind it. This is This happens a lot. Not, and not just with the WWE, but pro wrestling in general, where they go from zero to 100. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. We were talking about Seth Rollins, the babyface champion, that really what didn't have any fire and didn't really have a lot of human element and emotion behind his promos. That wasn't that long ago. And now here we are watching Monday Night Raw. And believe me, watching Monday Night Raw each and every week, you get a big dose of Seth Rollins. I mean, they're really shoving it down your throat each and every main event slot on Monday Night Raw. But there was no story to build up Seth Rollins to this point. I would have liked it better that slowly but surely you saw the change in Seth Rollins. All of a sudden, you got a little bit more of an attitude, a little bit more of an ego. And then this build up and built up and built up. And then have Kevin Owens somehow involved. And then you get the the, the Messiah. And then you get all the, the people that wanted to be involved. Maybe people that were being wronged by the WWE. And lost faith in the WWE. So they latch on to Seth Rollins. But they had a, a really good chance to build a story with Seth. But unfortunately, it, it feels to me like they rushed it. They went 0 to 100. And you talk about zero to a hundred. I'll give you a perfect uh, comparison of how they went zero to a hundred last night, and it just didn't make sense to me. And I found myself scratching my head, why? And I'm scratching my head, why? As a fan, as a professional, I know why. Mm-hmm. But how about the OC just beating the crap out of Alistair Black in the back, just because they happened to cross paths? 
just because they were in the same place at the same time. And now all of a sudden we have an OC versus Alistair Black angle uh, that's going to lead to Alistair Black and AJ Styles. Next week? I mean, we're going to get that match next week for crying out that, loud. That's zero to 100. And, and Alistair Black was selling last night as if he got hit by a Mack truck. To me, that's zero to 100. I feel that they could have gotten the same exact mileage out of Alistair Black and AJ Styles crossing paths and just bumping into one another. Or just locking eyes. That beatdown to me made, like, it did not make sense to me. And when I saw Alistair Black standing next to AJ Styles, I was like, holy crap, Alistair Black is bigger than I thought. Yeah, he is. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. But, you know, like you said, getting attacked by those three without really any rhyme or reason, just like kind of like a drive-by beating, it didn't make a lot of sense. And, again, why not build a story? You have three hours every single Monday night. You have a lot of time to build a story. If you want to feel fresh, look good, and smell clean, you don't need a whole makeover or a lot of cold, hard cash. You just need grooming products from Bravo Sierra, the company that makes simple, all U.S.-made, non-toxic products everyone can afford. Bravo Sierra's line of body and hair wash, deodorant, shaving cream, sunscreen, body wipes, and moisturizer are field-tested by those who work at the hardest, active service members of the U.S. military. They have pioneered an unprecedented large-scale testing program with 1,000 active-duty service members with a simple idea. If the products work for them, they will work for all of us. But it doesn't just stop there. Bravo Sierra also give back 5% of their sales to programs that help the military and their families. Men's Health Magazine calls it a game-changing grooming line. Try the Bravo Sierra starter set for free. It's three of their best-selling products, full size. You only pay $6.95 for shipping for a limited time only. Just go online to bravosierra.com slash SiriusXM. That's bravosierra.com slash SiriusXM for your free starter kit. It's Ric Flair's birthday, February 25th. Should be a national holiday. And it should be Ric Flair Day because this is the day when we celebrate the birth of a legend. Woo! Well placed, Andre. Yes, I am. Do you have a favorite Ric Flair memory? I have so many favorite Ric Flair memories. Most of these memories take place in the at the the bar at the hotel after the shows are over. I'm sure. I'm jealous. The great one of my favorite flair stories, and it's not an actual particular story, it's moments in time where I had the benefit of becoming friendly with Rick back in the day, back in the day when he came into the WWE. Uh, had the pleasure of being able to work with him when it was me and Devon versus Flair and Batista when they were doing the um, Evolution stuff. Became, you know, Rick always complimented myself and Tommy on how respectful we always were to him. Obviously, listening to all his stories time after time after time, and a Ric Flair story never gets old, and it becomes funnier and funnier every time you hear it. So you hear Flair stories your whole life. 
Then I had left the WWE for about 10 years. And when we back back in 2015, whenever we would travel overseas or be on the road for long periods of time, you know, everybody kind of has not not clicks in a bad way, but people that you kind of latch on to and you talk to more than others. And whenever we were on the tour bus together, me and Rick would be sitting together and be me, Rick and Charlotte would always be sitting right behind Rick and Rick would be holding court on the bus and telling the same stories that he always told. But now his daughter is sitting behind him. So Rick would be telling the stories about how, you know, they'd be at the hotel bar and there'd be wine and women and song and he'd get to the punchline and all of a sudden you just hear, Daddy, you can't say that. So to hear Rick telling the stories in front of Charlotte made the stories that much more fun. And then he would always turn around and be like, oh, come on, sweetie. You know the boys. They love these stories. I have nothing you haven't heard before. So that's just amazing. Listening to, listening to Rick tell the same stories, but now tell them in front of Charlotte and her acting like daddy's little girl as opposed to the best woman's wrestler in the pla- on the planet was, uh, was entertaining. And Rick's weakness, I knew Rick, Rick's weakness. And what's that? Jack Daniels. Couldn't, couldn't hold the, the Jack Daniels? He would whisper under his breath to me, Bubba, stay away from me with that Jack Daniels, brother. Don't come near me. Wow. All right. So Jack would get the best of Rick, huh? Every night after Impact at the Impact Zone, we would always be back at the Doubletree drinking red wine. Just bottle after bottle after bottle of red wine. Just listening to him tell stories. That's got to be amazing. I envy you, boy. That's so cool. Now, as far, a lot of fun. But as far a as a wrestling memory, you were in the ring that night when... um. With the, were you there? You were there when he re, uh, his retirement, correct? You were you his were in the ring one. that night, yes, for his first retirement. The two guys that picked Ric Flair up yes. on his, his shoulders were a guy named Bubba Ray Dudley and a guy named Triple H. And that's a that's a that's a caption. That's that that's a shot that you see a lot. And that's you know that that was truly his retirement. Obviously, he came back. He wrestled, but I mean, when you look back at it, that. There was no better send-off than the way the WWE sent off Ric Flair. And as well, he deserved. Absolutely, absolutely. You ready to get back to the Busted Open Nation? Yes. You know what, though? I mean, if Andre, if you're going to be playing some memories, I wouldn't mind hearing some favorite Ric Flair memories from the Busted Open Nation as well. Let's go out to Jason in Louisiana. Jason, what did you want to say about Seth Rollins? You know, I actually do have a story about Ric Flair before I get to the tag team titles. I was eight years old. And it was at the Lafayette Cajun Dome, and Ric Flair and Vince McMahon had a street fight match, and Ric Flair was actually busted open, and he got, I guess, Flair chopped over the uh, barricade, and he came up, and we were sitting right behind the commentary and got his blood all over our shirt. So I do remember that. That was a great moment for me. I just got to say that. That's a, that's a shirt you should have framed, but uh, what would you want to say about Seth? Um, I'm not, you know, I agree with Bubba Ray. I, I like Bully Ray. I'm sorry. I like tag team titles. Uh, I'm not really a big fan of them not emphasizing the fact that there's tag team title matches coming up. It's all specifically about Seth Rollins and his, 
you know, acolytes or his messiahs or his whatever you want to call them. But uh, I wish they would put a little more emphasis on the tag team titles on Raw. Well, I, I agree. And Jason, thanks for the phone call. And Bully, you've said this before. You know, you're gonna have, you know, you're gonna have Murphy. You're gonna have the AOP. You want them and and you know at least almost as equals to Seth Rollins. But I guess Bully, with this current storyline, and he's the Monday Night Messiah, it's probably difficult to do that. So I ask you, with this storyline, are Murphy and the AOP the right people to be with Seth Rollins? They can't. It can't hurt them because it's giving them the rub just being next to Seth. I mean, Buddy and the AOP, if they weren't with Seth Rollins, what would they be doing right now? The AOP would be in the tag team scene, and Buddy would be working with Cedric Alexander and all of these other guys that they, he could have great matches with, but not get as much TV time because the entertainment side of this is what has Buddy and AOP next to Seth. I don't like it when one guy is the focal point. And I'm going to give you a an example. I never liked to stand in front of the aces and eights. I always wanted us to stand side by side. I always wanted that group to be a gang of one, not about Bully Ray and the aces and eights. We were all just the aces and eights. You know what I mean, Dave? Yeah, I do. And I, and, I, and I tried very hard to make myself a part. It was the powers that be that made me take steps forward at times and said, no, separate yourself from the group. I always thought it was cooler when you had, like, what is it? You know, even in rock and roll sometimes, Dave, you know, you have, like, a band, um, and then one guy stands out in the band, and it becomes that guy and this, you know? Like Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, and then it just became Joan Jett. Well, what about the Blackhearts? They always went back to the Blackhearts. Yeah, I mean, you see it all the time. I mean, you for for every Kiss, where originally all Kiss had different personalities and characters, they were all one band, and you know, they tried not to have one member outshine the other, you know, but... You know, then you see like Huey Lewis in the news, Joan Jett in the black Blackheart, even ACDC, Angus Young, who wasn't even the lead singer. He's the guitar player, kind of stood above everybody else, especially when Brian Johnson became the singer. Sometimes it just happens because some stars shine brighter than others. But obviously, in the case of what we're seeing with Seth Rollins, they're clearly saying you're the leader and everybody else are kind of almost glorified lackeys. When... Uh, listen, I know Seth Rollins is the star of that group. He's the guy that's main evented, you know, WrestleManias or won championships at WrestleManias. He's the guy that beat Brock Lesnar twice. Nobody else, whether it's Betty, Buddy Murphy or the AOP, has the resume that Seth has. But because he stands so head and shoulders above those other three is every reason for me to for him to stand side by side. I already know you're the focal point. I already know that you're the star of the show. Let's get these other guys up to speed and closer to your level so they don't seem like bit players. I don't like if it's if there's a tag match with Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins. Um, I don't need to see Seth Rollins getting the win. I want to see Buddy Murphy get the one, two, three. If they're working an eight man, I want to see the AOP get the win. Remember when there was the whole thing with the big show? And I said, I'd rather have seen AOP 
do the double power bomb on the big show yep. and them get the you know them get the win as opposed to the curb stomp and the win for Seth. Let's put the let's put the spotlight on Buddy Murphy and the AOP as much as is on Seth because we know Seth is the star already. You know what though this is this is an interesting conversation because like you know a, another example would be the undisputed era. Like you know, Adam Cole is, you know, has never been the quote-unquote leader, but his his star shines brighter than everybody else. But Adam Cole can hold the NXT championship, and, and Fish and Riley can have the tag team championships, and Roderick Strong can have the North American championship. Like, I think they did a good job of, like, each member, even though Adam Cole is the guy that kind of stands out the brightest, that everybody has a role and everybody in there could be a star. Kind of like the Four Horsemen. Ric Flair was the guy because he was the world champion, but you had the television champion. You had the tag team champions. You had other championship titles, you know, we had Tully and Arn and Ole and Barry Windham, whoever else was a part of the four horsemen at the time. But I kind of liken what's going on with Seth Rollins going back to like CM Punk with the straight edge society. This is more of a straight edge society than anything else we've seen in the WWE. That's why I don't know if AOP and Murphy are the right people for this group, if they're going to stand that far back from Seth Rollins. You bring up the four horsemen, and I always knew that Ric Flair was the focal point of the horsemen, but Arn and Tully were basically attached to the hip of Ric Flair. I don't feel like that with Buddy Murphy and the AOP. I, I feel like they definitively walk behind him. But if they're trying to paint the picture as if Seth Rollins is G, as Jesus Christ and his disciples would walk behind him. So I understand what they're doing, but from the point of view of helping other guys to get over, I would be trying to do a lot more. The WWE looks at it from this point of view. Buddy Murphy and the AOP should just be thanking their lucky stars that they're associated with Seth Rollins and they're getting the rub from being with Seth Rollins. I would take it a step further. I would get them over as much as I could, a la Seth Rollins, so they become bigger stars when they eventually get away from Seth Rollins. And here's the other problem that I have with this, and I think this is the the underlining problem for me, Bully. I can't speak for you, and I can't speak for the Busted Open Nation, though I definitely want to hear their point of view. 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT93. This does remind me of the Straight Edge Society with CM Punk, but it's a much watered-down version of the Straight Edge Society. That's, the, that's where I look at it. Every time I look at Seth Rollins, it's like they're trying to present him like they presented CM Punk. But we talked about the lack of the story. With the Straight Edge Society, it was all about the story and how he started recruiting these disciples. And and the story was drugs and alcohol. It started with CM Punk's feud with Jeff Hardy and that CM Punk saw Jeff Hardy and all his vices and all his weaknesses because of drugs and alcohol. And now he formed the Straight Edge Society. And he had, you know, he recruited... Joey Mercury, because Joey Mercury had a problem with drugs and alcohol, and he recruited him in, into his group. That was such a strong story that when I look at this, it can't live up to it, and it's a watered-down version from what we saw nine years ago in the WWE. When you compare it to that, I would totally agree with you. Yes, watered down, because the straight-edge society made sense. 
Yeah, it, it made a lot of sense. And it wasn't around for a long time. I'm surprised. It was only around for about 10 months, but that was a very, very strong story. And at a time where, you know, people complained that that was the PG era, that was right in the middle of the PG era, but they had such a great story with CM Punk. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news, they have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Happy birthday to the greatest of all time, the nature boy, Ric Flair. And a lot of people tweeting about Sleepy Time Bobos. A lot of people tweeting about Ishkabibble and different spellings, as Gabby said. I, I'm trying to think of it how I would use Ishkabibble in a sentence. How about, well, this? How about this? I okay. love it when my wife lets me taste her Ishkabibble. That's interesting. Right? Yeah, she, she sure. she's got she has a very tasty ishkabibble. Yes, David, would you like to taste my ishkabibble? I would love to taste your ishkabibble. Well, why don't you come over here and I'll let you taste it? Open your mouth. Stick out tongue. Let's stop right there. Stop right there. That's my wife you're talking about. What? No, she's no, she, gonna no. feed you some ishkabibble. Yeah, she's she's got the best ishkabibble I've ever tasted. So I hear it's amazing. It's um, my wife's ishkabibble is amazing. It's better than her pierogi. Oh my god, yes! And first of all, her pierogi is fantastic, but her ishkabibble, oh my god, what a tasty ishkabibble! Got to give a shout out on the old uh, Twitter machine to Wrestling Fan Forever, whose uh, profile pic is of himself wearing an "I'm Dave Lagreca guy" shirt, and he tweeted out. Dave LaGreca plays with his Ishkabibble before he does Sleepy Time Bobo. Yep. And that might be the winner, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hot take, the tweet of the day is before David goes Sleepy Time Bobos, he plays with his Ishkabibble. <laughs> yep. Are you ready? Boy, I, you know, I encourage everyone to use Sleepy Time Bobos and Ishkabibble in a sentence. Some people, after they've had Ishkabibble, get tired and they go sleepy time bobos. I think you could even reverse <laughs> them. What if, like, I, I, want, I want to touch your sleepy time bobos? Wow. You want to touch my sleepy time <laughs> bobo? That means, that means you have to have more than one bobo if you're calling it bobos. Yeah, that's right. It's, you have it's, to have two bobos. Yeah. And that only applies to, well, that, that can apply to many yeah. of us. It can apply to a lot of things, sleepy time bobos. Dave, you got two bobos? I, I have two, but why why do you think I say I bobos? Thought you had one re I thought you had one removed. No, I that's why you never hear me say sleepy time bobo. It's always sleepy time bobos. Okay. With an S. All right. We're a pro wrestling show, by the way. I know that, but I lost all focus <laughs> thinking about my wife's ishkabibble. All right, let's get to the busted it's open. So good. It's, it's so good. It's, I mean, listen, bully. It's, and it's, it's, it's never dry. It's, <laughs> let's go. It's always, it's all right. always moist. All right. Nice and moist. <laughs> What? 
What's you the just, problem? You just take it like one step, almost one step too far. How so, is this taking it further? Ishkabibble is always better Your when it's wife prepared. Your wife has a tasty moist. Ishkabibble. Uh, she, but, and it, it, I agree with dry. you, Bully. Nobody has a better tasting Ishkabibble than Violetta. Let's go out to CB <laughs> in Baltimore, Maryland. CB, save us. Kizak, Blizak. <laughs> CB. Well, it's like it's a, <laughs> at least at least you know what if we have on-demand issues again today, we just listen to CB's phone. We get to hear the re- replay of the show on CB's phone. So right about now is when CB is hearing on his radio that we're talking to CB. So it's right around this. He's like, oh shit, Dave is actually taking my phone call, though it's thirty seconds of a delay. I think people need to tweet us using the words Ishka Bibble, Sleepy Time Bobo. And lack of funza in a sentence. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> CB with his horrific telephone etiquette is actually giving us, a, giving us some... This might be CB's best phone call so far of all the times he's called in. Gotta let you go, CB. Thanks, thanks a lot for paying attention. Let's go out to David in Atlanta, Georgia. What's going on, David? How are we supposed to follow that? It's impossible. Oh, my, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, guys, last night, I, I, David, I'm with you. There are parts of it that left me scratching my head, but there are parts that I really enjoyed. Like, I popped so loud when Montez Ford told Seth Rollins, hey, my boy hit your boy so hard last week he dropped his last name or his first name. Pretty cool reference to the, oh, the f- formerly I, I, known I, as Buddy Murphy. Exactly. I laughed so hard at that. By the way, Dave, thank you so much for the promotion of the March Madness tournament. We're having a blast. Uh, Joe and I thought we would get, you know, maybe over 100 or so entries. We've already surpassed 200. Well, it's, I it's- voted. I voted. You could just go to at David LaGreca one, too. I, I, I retweeted all the all the details. Tough, tough competition. But we'll get that uh, into that later when we get into March. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. And here's the thing, David. That's the problem. Like, Bully always ha- puts that poll out. What did you think of Raw? And you're always going to find things you loved about Monday right. Night Raw. It's the format and the length that I always seem to have a problem with. Right. And only only other thing that I wanted to bring up is when he pulled that referee shirt off and that shirt was on underneath, I actually did not think of the Straight Edge Society. My question to you is, is this the WWE trying to test the waters of a potential rivalry to AEW's Dark Order. I I mean at the time and David, thanks for the phone call. What do you think of that? Is this kind of their answer to to AEW's Dark Order, or they're not even thinking about something like that? Uh, the Dark Order to me is a lot more intriguing and interesting than the Seth Rollins group, just because they have us guessing every week, and they've been very creative with the vignettes and. They almost make the Dark Order look like something, uh, it it looks like Scientology's bastard child, uh, some kind of cult like David Koresh-esque following. That's why I'm into it, because it's so mysterious, uh, no pun intended, dark, I can't figure it out. Um, With with Seth Rollins' group, I kind of know what I'm getting. Here's Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy in the AOP. It's like Seth Rollins and the backups. You know, it, it, there's really no mystique behind it. So I don't think it's the answer to the Dark Order at all. And 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 the thing is... If, if anything, if anything, I would compare... What was going on with the... Um, oh, man. 
we we were we were talking about Killer Cross. Oh yeah, Killer Claw. I mean, some people think the glitches that we've been seeing, like what we saw on SmackDown this pr- past Friday, might be a clue to the debut of Killer Cross. That's what it was. The glitches on SmackDown. That kind of reminds me more of a Dark Order esque type moment than anything that they're doing with Rollins. And if they were doing something with Rollins, like if the, if there was the group on Raw and you didn't know who the leader was and you knew it was somebody big, but you didn't know who it was and you had that story play for a while and then they unveiled that it was Seth Rollins and now they're continuing with that, I'd be more on board. But like I said, it went from zero to 100. It wasn't that long before you knew that Seth Rollins was behind it. Now he's recruiting people and there's no reason for – they, they never explained why AOP is behind Seth Rollins or why Buddy Murphy is behind Seth Rollins. Like when it come, came to the straight edge society, it was because CM Punk was, you know, was getting people who had demons. They were at their weakest point and he grabbed them because they were at their weakest point. There's nothing like that in this story at all. If you had guys that kept losing their matches and they didn't know why and Seth Rollins said, you know what? Come with me and I'll make you better. I'll make people believe in you. Then we have a story. Right now, this is just thrown together for the sake of throwing something together, and it absolutely has no story behind it. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Now we know Drew McIntyre's home is with the WWE, and he had a really good sit-down with Charlie Caruso last night to get you psyched up for what's going to happen in Tampa at WrestleMania 36. So, courtesy of WWE.com, let's listen in to some of the stuff that went on between Charlie and Drew McIntyre last night. All that matters is I am main event WrestleMania. I'm fighting for the WWE title. This has been 19 long years, and quite frankly, something that was promised to me a long time ago and it never materialized is now a reality. You say never materialized. Expand on that. Let's go back. 13 years ago, I debuted with WWE. I was 21 years old at the time, and not long after that, Mr. McMahon himself proclaimed me as the chosen one, the future of the company. Actually said, this gentleman is going to be a future world champion. Guess how many titles I've won since then? How many world titles? Big zero. As hard as it is to admit, there's only one person I can blame for that, and that's me. A really good sit-down. And again, Bully, it's like what you talked about yesterday. Hey, we need to see that human side. If you want us to get emotionally invested, you got to show that human side. We know the story of Drew McIntyre, but now the masses know the story of Drew McIntyre. And I love the fact that Drew McIntyre puts all the heat on himself. He says that Vince McMahon says that this guy is going to be a world champion one day, and to this day he has no championships under his belt. Why? Because of me, because of Drew McIntyre. He accepts that he did not step up to the plate. He accepts that he didn't grab that brass ring when maybe he could have grabbed the brass ring. And one of the most difficult things to do, Dave, is get knocked down the ladder of the WWE and then leave the WWE and be able to climb back up that ladder. Very, very few. Who has left and been able to climb back up the ladder? Well, we saw it from... Um, Jinder. Jinder Mahal Jinder was able Mahal. to do that. Now we're seeing it from Drew. Miz never left the WWE, but Miz got knocked down. Like, way, I mean, he was like first rung of the ladder and has managed to claw his way all the way back 
Miz is so great at whatever he does. You can deal in whatever hand he, you want, and he's gonna he, he's gonna win with it. Once you leave that place, you really are an out of sight, out of mind type thing. But listen, I told the story of when I when I worked with Drew in London. And he said, my number one goal is to get back to the WWE. This is what I want to do. This is, this is how I have to do it. He set his mind to it. And, he, and he, he really did bust his ass and he worked hard. And he got back there. He looks phenomenal. He looks the part. Dave, remember yesterday on the show, I, I, I said to you that when they want you to re- remember something, they'll replay it over and over again. How many times last night on Monday Night Raw did you see Drew McIntyre giving Brock Lesnar the Claymore over the top rope yep. in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I mean, that's... At least three or four times. You, you you said once it happened, the next day you were saying that's footage you're going to see a lot of on this road to WrestleMania. And not only are they showing it a lot, but the, the things that are coming out of Drew's mouth almost guarantee he's going to become the universal champion. You have to pay this off. Remember, going into the Royal Rumble, I had my sleeper pick of of uh, Keith Lee. I had my fantasy pick of CM Punk. But then my realistic pick was Drew McIntyre. And it was for one reason and one reason only. It was the night that Randy Orton left him laying. And Drew picked up the microphone and said that he was going to win the Royal Rumble. He basically guaranteed it. And if you're going to guarantee a victory, you have to follow through in it. Otherwise, fans will lose hope in you. Everything that's going on with this build right now, if Drew were to lose at WrestleMania, I think people would lose hope in him. And there's no way Brock Lesnar is designing that Royal Rumble the way Brock designed it to lose or to have Drew lose the match at WrestleMania. Brock is setting Drew up for success. Yes, and, and and he's done that before. He did that with Roman Reigns. You know, he did that last year with Seth Rollins, though plans went a little bit awry for both Roman and for Seth. I mean, Roman just never got over with the fans like the WWE thought he was. And with Seth, I guess you could say the same thing. You always said it with Seth Rollins. It wasn't about Seth, is they is that they wanted to see that title taken off of Brock Lesnar. That's not the case here with Drew McIntyre. I think the WWE Universe has fallen in love with Drew McIntyre. There's just one slight thing that I would have done a little bit differently with Drew McIntyre. Again, Drew McIntyre was a heel. He was, you know, he was hated. The WWE was presenting him as somebody to be hated. And they never really had a story on why that changed. Like, all of a sudden, we saw little slight things that a babyface wrestler would do. The countdown, all that. But there was never really a story that changed Drew McIntyre. I wish we would have gotten more of this a little bit early on where, you know what? I was I had a lot of venom to me. I had a lot of disdain. I had a lot of anger. And I think I I think I showed that anger to the WWE universe. And then I realized, you know what? It's not about the WWE. It's a it's not about the WWE universe. It's about me. And that's why my attitude started to change. Just something a little slight to at least explain why he went from being a heel to a babyface wrestler. I, I understand what you say. You needed that, that dot connected a little bit yes. better. Uh, despite the fact that they didn't connect that dot, despite the fact that they didn't give you that story that you were looking for, we can agree that it has worked. Yes. 
despite the fact on paper it would have seemed like a rocky transition, his transition from heel to babyface has been relatively smooth. Yes. The the three, two, one is getting over, and I think every time we see Drew McIntyre from now leading up to WrestleMania, whenever he's on the microphone in the middle of the ring with the crowd, he should be doing the three, two, one, and the entire audience points to the WrestleMania sign, and they should shoot that arena really, really wide so everybody at home can see everybody in the arena pointing at the WrestleMania sign with Drew. That makes the... You know, it's become passe to point at the WrestleMania sign. Uh, Talent even makes fun of it now. Well, I guess I'm out here. I should point at the WrestleMania sign. Well, Drew has now found a way, or the WWE has now found a way to make pointing at the WrestleMania sign cool because now it's all inclusive. The entire arena gets to go three, two, one, point at the sign, and now it becomes fun again. So now you have somebody that the fans support. Now you have that cool factor as well. But now after last night, you have that redemption story. You have that emotional investment. Here's a guy that lost his way. Here's a guy that was at the bottom rung of the ladder. The team... You know the uh, the the, the three man band that was just a, just an awful gimmick, and then he left, and now he's back, and he was able to climb that ladder, getting all the way to the top at WrestleMania in a match with Brock Lesnar. And I think you're right, bully. I think when it's all said and done, he is going to be your new WWE champion coming out of Tampa. I would even go so far as to make this uh, so inclusive that I'd have Drew come out there next week with a microphone in his hand, especially in Brooklyn. It'll be a perfect place for it. said, you know, I come out here and I've been talking about going to WrestleMania and how I'm going to go to WrestleMania and I'm going to do this and I'm going to beat Brock Lesnar and I'm going to become the new champion. Well, you know what? I just want to change something up a little bit. I am not going to WrestleMania. We are are going to WrestleMania. So on three, we're all pointing at the sign. Now you are bringing the people in just as much as W-O-R-M or what or any other thing that was all-inclusive, you know? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. What up? 3D. Any of these things that people would love to say with the talent. I think Drew's part of Drew's comeback story is not I'm going to WrestleMania. It's we are going to mess WrestleMania. And as a group, we all point at the WrestleMania sign together. It's Drew McIntyre's version of yes. It's uh, the reason Daniel Bryan works so much because, like you said, he made it all inclusive. It's not me. I can't do this without you. I need you. This is where we kind of where Becky has kind of lost her way. You know, she's got a bit of an attitude change. She's got the sunglasses. She comes out. She's the cool kid in school. And then now you have Drew McIntyre who's making it inclusive. You're all with me. You're all in this together. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.